Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Chicago football fans, it's time for On the Clock with the score zone Mark Grody covering the latest on the Bears' historic upcoming draft. Featuring Bears experts and analysis on this red-hot offseason storyline. Right here on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans. And always live on the free Odyssey app. Presented by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, the exclusive partner of the Chicago Bears. And Revolution Solar. Here's Mark Grody. What's going on? Let's talk Chicago Bears. Let's talk draft. We will talk to Jim Nagy in just a little bit. He is the executive director of the Senior Bowl. And you'll hear about some guys that maybe are not getting the same attention as others, but are just as highly touted guys that may be second round guys or late first rounds or even later in the draft as well, because we do have to keep in mind that while we should obsess over number nine in the first round, the Bears do have a couple of second rounders, which are extremely valuable. They have a third rounder. They got a couple of fourth rounders. They have two fifth rounders. They got two seventh rounders. So it's always good to remind people of some of the other picks that the Bears have. And I think with some of the names that you will hear from Jim Nagy from the the Senior Bowl in just a little bit, it'll give you a little bit more of a thumbnail on some of the other guys that you're going to hear about coming up in the in the draft. And one of the things that I wanted to do today, we haven't really done a ton with mock drafts since we started this show. And I asked our executive producer for tonight, Leo Stodderher, to print up like – five good, most recent mock drafts, and I just grabbed one off of the table right before I came in here. And this one is from Caesar Sportsbook. And I'll, I'll just go right to what what he has or what they have the Bears taking. <laughs> and it's funny, it was the focus of one of my draft reports here on the score today. At number nine, Caesar Sportsbook has the Bears taking Jackson Smith and Jigba the wide receiver out of Ohio State. And uh, I'm going to be doing these draft reports every day here on The Score that you'll hear periodically throughout the day. And he was the focus of it today. And I, it's logical to think the Bears would not go wide receiver at number nine based on the resources they've already put into the position with the acquisition of DJ Moore and what they did last year with Chase Claypool, giving up a second-round pick to do it. And you add DJ Moore, obviously, to those guys, to Darnell Mooney 
and Chase Claypool. And you have to talk about Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon is a nice addition as well. But if the Bears are going, if they are strictly going by the philosophy of best player available, he's up there. (laughs) You know, I mean, if he's still available in that spot. I mean, he's considered by many the most athletically gifted wide receiver of the whole crew. And I'll go through some of these. I'll check out, I'll go to the magic draft table that we have out in the hallway and pick another pile of mock drafts a little bit later on the show and tell you what other people are thinking for the Bears with that uh, number nine spot. And just for the heck of it here, before we get to to Jim Nagy to talk about more potential draftees for the Bears or other teams, just for the heck of it, from Caesar Sportsbook, the rest of the what they had, they are going with, and this is a switch from what most mock drafts have, they have Bryce Young going number one overall to Carolina, which is not crazy. But you know, C.J. Stroud has just been dominating the the mock drafts and the headlines since the combine, which I get. I was at the combine; he was impressive with the media, obviously impressive out on the field as well. And he is C.J. Stroud is number two according to this mock draft, going to Houston, followed by Anthony Richardson at number three overall uh, with a trade going down. And I don't want to get into all the particulars of that because that would take way too long. Uh, the Colts at number four, Will Levis, Will Anderson Jr., the the edge rusher out of Alabama to Seattle at five. Uh, Paris Johnson Jr. to the Raiders at six, or make that seven. Six. Uh, we lost six. I think six got eaten by the copy machine. Uh, but number seven, Paris Johnson Jr., to the Raiders, Tyree Wilson to the Falcons at number nine, and then there you have Jackson Smith and Jigba going to the Bears at nine, and Jalen Carter, if you would like. The Caesars has Philadelphia taking him at number 10, and then Lucas Van Ness, the edge rusher out of Iowa, to the Arizona Cardinals in round one with pick 11. And I've seen some mock drafts, too, with Lucas Van Ness going to the Chicago Bears, and I would not have a problem with that. I don't know exactly how – I assume that if you took him that high, he would be probably – they'd probably want him to play edge, but he just played all over the place at Iowa and in that system. So it would be really interesting to see how any NFL teams use uh, Lucas Van Ness. All right, let's get into – I'm excited for you guys to to hear from Jim Nagy. I did – I talked to him just a little while ago before I, I filled in for – Matt Spiegel today with Parco, so I had to pre-record something with Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, based on his time, and here is where we started with the interview. I know there's probably a million takeaways from this year's Senior Bowl and the seniors that are going to be in this year's draft, but what really stood out to you with this year's group? Uh Man, there's you know there's always surprises where you think a certain group is going to show up and, and do a great job, and and others where you're like, ah, oh, we might be a little lean there this year. But I would say the offensive line crew on both sides on both teams, um, you know, I think going in there was a narrative that the offensive line overall in this year's draft might be a little down from past years, and I I just don't see it like that anymore. Um, you know, they frankly got after the defensive line crew down here at Mobile and. I think we've got six or seven guys that could be, you know, top 50 draft picks out of this year's group. And that's, 
that's where we were last year. We had a really good group last year. So, I, you know, I think the one group that probably surprised me the most was that. That'd probably be the takeaway. I love that you mentioned that because a couple of guys that I have jotted down on my sheet that I wanted to ask you about are indeed offensive linemen. And one of those guys who is considered a riser because of the Senior Bowl is Cody Mock out of North Dakota State. Tell us a little bit about him and where he might be projected in this year's draft. Yeah, you know, Cody's a guy, I think he's, he might be the only guy in this year's draft that has true five-position flexibility. Um, we've never seen Cody play center until he got to Mobile. He's been really been a left tackle there at North Dakota State. And uh, I think in the game, Cody played left tackle, center, and right guard in the senior bowl. So he, he played all five spots. He's a really high-end athlete. Um, you see that on tape. You saw it in his testing, so that should be no surprise. Like all the small school guys, they got to come down to Mobile and kind of prove what, you know, prove their salt against – you know, the best of the best from the SEC and the Big Ten and conferences like that, and, and he did that. Uh, he's a dominant player on FCS-level tape. Uh, to me, he should be a first-round pick. I mean, you know, a lot of these mock drafts that you follow nowadays, you don't see Cody in the first round. There's not 31 better players in this year's draft than Cody Mauk. And I think, you know, the safe thing about him is uh, you can plug him in wherever you have a need. Like, if you're an offensive line needy team, um, you can plug him at guard, you can plug him in at tackle center, and I think he's going to be ready to go. Except maybe center. I mean, you okay. know, that's the position. He, he did a nice job down here, but I think Jordan, you know, that's a lot to ask of a guy that's never you know, done it over the long haul. But uh, smart, tough, competitive. I mean, he, he's all the stuff every team's looking for. So, uh, I mean, you say he's pick, and that carries maybe a, big, a bit of a negative connotation. But I don't see it that way. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a Pro Bowl-level player, um, and we'll see where he goes. But, man, like I said, there's not – there's not there's not 31 better players in this draft than Cody Monk. So you mentioned on, on Cody Monk. One more question on him: that he is five position flexibility. What's his best position? Like where likely will NFL teams place him to start? Where will he try out for? You know, I would start him at left tackle and prove that he couldn't do it at that level. Um, you know, his arms probably measured a little bit shorter than 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 you would ideally want at a left tackle position, but. He makes it look so easy at the FCS level. Uh, made it look pretty easy down here as well. So it's one of those things that, like, make may, him prove he can't do it. Um, and, and if it's not, and if it's not where you want it to be at left tackle, kick him inside the guard or center, and then and just let him be a Pro Bowler there for ten years. So um, that's what I would do. That would be the plan if I were a team. If I had a left tackle need, I would I would there and. Make him, make him prove that he can't do it. That is the voice of Jim Nagy, executive director of the Senior Bowl. 18 years as a traveling area scout with three different teams as well. One other offensive lineman I want to ask you about, and I admit that I just look at this guy and say, oh my God, he's huge. That's Blake Freeland out of BYU, 6'8", 305. What's he all about beyond the size? Yeah, you know he's a guy that's still learning how to how to be a big person. Now he was a he was a quarter he was a quarterback and a tight end in high school, um, so he's always been tall. I mean he's a mountain of a guy, um, but he's just you know he he's making gains every year. I mean the guy's putting on twenty thirty pounds every every year. So again, you're still learning to be a big person. I, I think the easy comparison for me um, there's some Colton Miller um, comparisons out there with the the Raiders tackle. Uh, to me, it reminds me a lot of Brian O'Neill, the Pro Bowl tackle from the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he's the, he's the, the Utah all-time javelin, uh, record holder. He was a, you know, a really accomplished athlete in high school. And, and you see that, and you see that in the testing. I mean, you see it on the tape and usually guys six, eight have, a, have trouble bending and 
So some of the, you know, some of the shuttle stuff, the three cone stuff's not very good because they just they got so far down to staying far to reach down. Um, but you know, to, broke the broke the combine record for offensive line with a 37 inch vertical jump. So again, that's that's crazy explosion for a guy that has that type of lever system um, that he can bend and explode and get out of his hips like that. So uh, again, his best football's in front of him. Um, he's still filling out. He's still getting stronger. Uh, but again, to me, he's a guy that could play both tackle spots. He could legit play left tackle. Um, was was more of a you know played a lot of right down here in Mobile and looked comfortable on the right side as well, which isn't always the case. Um, so if you have a tackle need again, I think he's a guy that you could could probably address both spots, right and left. I do not see him as a guy that can kick into guard. Okay, um, but I think he's a starting level tackle. When you were talking about his athletic prowess, it just made me think about offensive modern offensive linemen and how much more athletic. And sounds weird to say, quote unquote, in shape. Some of these guys are, and you know, like athlete is a good word for these guys. How much has that changed through the years? Yeah, it's it's changed a bunch. I think you're seeing more development. Um, you know, you used to be at the bigger programs, and that's why at it, the Senior Bowl, like last year's game was a really good. Not this past year, the year before our, our 2022 game um, was a really good indicator of this. I mean, we had. It was like North Dakota, North Dakota State, Fordham, um, Tennessee, Chattanooga. I mean, we had we had all these small school offensive linemen, and I think that uh, you know what used to happen is that the bigger at the bigger programs, uh, you know, the Ohio States, the the Alabamas. I mean, they're looking for guys out of high school that are six five, six six, six seven, three hundred pounds, three hundred twenty pounds, because they just get them on the field and they play with them. You know, whereas the lower levels, I mean, they'll take that. Cody Mock was a two hundred twenty pound tight end. Yeah coming out of coming out of high school you know and he and now he's grown to be a 300 pound man so um i just think you're i think you're seeing better development and you because again when, when you get a, a high school tight end you're you're dealing with a better baseline athlete so if you can develop those guys over time and put weight on them um you're, you're you just you just got a much higher ceiling with those guys rather than you know not not many kids that are 17 years old and 300 and 325 pounds are real athletes they're just big body right um, right and, and, and so so again, I think that uh, overall, I think that the schools that are more patient, and again, that happens at the lower levels out of necessity, they have to be more patient. Um, I think you're seeing a lot of good development of those players and, and better athletes. Yeah, I mean, Paris Johnson Jr., considered one of the top prospects in the entire draft, all you hear about is that guy's athleticism and his size. I don't know if he shrunk uh, at the combine, but 6'6", 3'10". Who do you think, while we're on this, I'm going to get back to some of the seniors, but this is a nice little veer here. Who do you think is the the top tackles or top offensive linemen in this entire draft? I mean, we've heard the names Skaronsky and Paris Johnson and Broderick Jones. Who who are your top three, I'd say? You know, we, I haven't dug in a lot of those juniors. Um just don't have a lot of time to, actually. We're, <laughs> we're, already, moving on. we're already moving on to 2024. Wow. Um, so I haven't. Uh, we've been we've been on the 2024 class since December. So um, you know, haven't haven't circled the wagons on a lot of the junior linemen. I have on a, some of the skill guys. We've, we've watched the quarterbacks. We watch a bunch of the receivers in the office just to have an idea of those guys. But uh, so no, it's, it's going to be hard for me there. We watched Skaronsky. I uh, watched him over the summer. We we thought he had a chance to graduate because we get juniors in the Senior Bowl now um, if they graduate by December. So I think last year we had 16 juniors in the game. Um, so we'll watch a lot of those guys. So I've seen Skaronsky. Uh, again, I think he's going to be a really good guard at the next level. I don't, I don't see him as a tackle. Okay. Um, I, think I think he's going to be a really good guard, though. Uh, good player, really good player. Um, but I haven't got you know, like the, the Georgia guys, the, the Ohio State, Paris Johnson. I, 
you know, peeked at him a little bit because we had his bookend tackle, Dewan Jones, um, in the Senior Bowl. So I, I peeked at Paris a little bit, but not not really enough to comment on. Totally, totally get it. And we're talking to Jim Nagy, executive director of the Senior Bowl. So let's stay back on that topic. You mentioned quarterbacks. What quarterbacks impressed you at this year's Senior Bowl? You know, it's a different year for us because we usually have like a big name guy. I think we've had seven years in a row with a first round quarterback, and and again, who knows that that might streak that streak might continue if Hendon Hooker goes in the first because we actually brought Hendon down to the to the Senior Bowl this year, even though he was injured. We we don't make a habit of that. You know, you, you don't want to bring guys down here that are that are hurt. But well, with Hendon, Hendon was a unique case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, him just being one of the faces of college football this year and, and playing at the level he did. And then and then the quarterback position, too. I mean, there's so much is wrapped up into the, the classroom time and in the meetings that I, I want to bring Hendon down. And now it sounds like he might go in the first round. But, you know, usually we've got a Justin Herbert or a Daniel Jones or, you know, guys like that. This year we had a, we had a bunch of guys that are going to fall in that fourth, fifth-round area. And, uh, you know, I mean, they all had their moments. I think Max Duggan probably had the best practice week. Uh, the quarterback from TCU, the Heisman runner-up, had a really good week of practice. And then in the game, Jake Hayner was the MVP. Jake from uh, Jake went to Fresno State. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Jake's not the biggest guy in the world, but it, I do think he'll end up being an NFL starter. Um, he just knows how to play the game. I mean, he just plays the game at a high level. He processes information. He's accurate with the football. It's always coming out on time. Um, and he's, he's like a gritty, gritty competitor. So, um, I think he's. If there's going to be a quarterback kind of emerge, like middle round guy that ends up starting in the league, and people are like, "Where did that guy come from?" Um, I think it's probably going to be Jake this year. Interesting. Yeah, Jake Hayner in that Senior Bowl game had a 44 yard touchdown pass to Stanford's Michael Wilson. Wilson seemed to gain some momentum because of the the uh, the Senior Bowl as well. Tell us about Michael Wilson, the wide receiver out of Stanford. Yeah, he's, he's one of my favorite receivers in this draft. Um, he's, you know, he's 6'2", 200 and some pounds, um, really, really polished player. Again, he, he's one of those guys that really outperformed what, what I thought he would be. Um, coming into the week, I thought he was like a, you know, fourth or fifth round player, really high character guy, off the charts intangibles. Like, even when you know, heard about all that stuff from the Stanford staff um, through the fall, what, what a great what a great young man he is. And then we got him down here. And I mean, he's, he's what you want in the locker room. He's going to be a leader of some organization pretty quickly. Um, whatever his parents did with him, they did an awesome job, but um, really good releases quick off the line for a guy, his size can separate um, ran four five at the combine, like four, five, one, four, five, two, but plays faster than that. Beat a bunch of guys, senior bowl week that ran in the four threes at the combine. So um, the field speed is better than probably the stopwatch. And, uh, you know, he's had some injury stuff. If, if it weren't for the injury stuff and some of the, you know, the offense struggled this year at Stanford, um, we'd probably be talking about a guy that's, you know, a second or third round pick. And I think he's probably going to end up going in the third. Okay. Um, but he's going to be one of those guys, like third round pick that ends up a starter. And again, you're kind of like, man, that's a great pick. We got this guy, got this guy in the third round and he's a really productive number two receiver for us. So, yeah, uh, yeah big, big fan of Michael Wilson. Yeah, got a, got a lot of attention at that Senior Bowl. And we are talking to Jim Nagy, Executive Director of the Senior Bowl. I'm Mark Grody. This is On the Clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score, talking about the draft and the Chicago Bears. Bears could use somebody who can sack the quarterback. I know there's there's one guy, uh, Derek Hall, out of Auburn, edge rusher, who was was described as, by at least one outlet, as the one of the most explosive edge rushers in the entire draft class. What can you tell us about Derek Hall and any other edge rushers that have impressed you? 
Yeah, I'd probably say the, the, the two guys. I mean, Derek had a really good week. He's a big, thick, powerful, muscled-up dude. Um, you know, where he looked better than I thought he was going to look was in some of the coverage stuff. I mean, you're not going to want to do that with him. Anyone that can go hunt the quarterback like Derek can, you're going to want him You want him going forward a lot more than you want him going backwards. Um, but, but no, he's, he's, got, he's got a lot of power in his body, and when he, when he clears the corner, he can really run. Um, he can close to the quarterback. So, again, productive guy at the SEC level. I think we're talking about a fringe first-round guy. I mean, just, just talking to guys in the league. Um, I think there's a lot of teams late in the first that are hoping he gets to them. Um, and if, and if, he gets, if he slips out of the first, he's going to be one of those, you know, when they're on the clock on draft morning of uh, Friday – or, or after I guess night now Friday night, yeah. Um, and they got Mel Kiper's best available left. If Derek Hall doesn't go in the first round, he's he's going to be one of those guys on that short list. And then the other guy that probably worked himself into maybe in a top half of the first round guys, Will McDonald from Iowa State, um, had a great Senior Bowl, had a great career at Iowa State. They just frankly didn't use him, you know. To he still he still ended his career with thirty some sacks, um, so he was a really productive player. But uh, they really aligned him tight to the tackle um, and really didn't get him, let him get out wide and let him go, um, which you saw in Mobile. And he's just a really bendy athlete. He was a six nine high jumper in high school. Um, I was talking to a head coach at the Alabama Pro Day, and he was just at the Iowa State Pro Day a couple of days before that. And he thinks he's going to be an a, a easy first-round pick, double-digit sack mm. guy at the next level. Jeez. Um, yeah, so he's, you know, Mel Kuyper, Mel pumped him up. Mel put him at, like, number eight in his mock draft a couple weeks ago. Oh, wow. And I think everyone was kind of had their eyes open, like, <laughs> what's Mel doing? Uh-huh. Um, but I think Mel was ahead of the curve on that one. I All think, right. I don't, know if he, I don't know if he goes top ten, yeah. uh, but I think I think he's going to go in the top 20 pick. Because Will McDonald, Iowa State, right? Yes, Will okay. McDonald Jr. out of Iowa State. Okay. That's right. All right, I just want to make sure our, our listeners know – to pay attention, just because they could have been like, who, what, what? Yeah, Will McDonald from Iowa State. That's some great stuff from from Jim, Jim Nagy. A couple more questions for you. One of our local guys, Illinois safety, Sidney Brown from Illinois. I'll let you tell us about him, uh, but is he really a Troy Palomalu comp, or is it just the hair? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't go there. Um, Troy's one of my favorite players I ever scouted. That was one of wow. my first years in scouting. So <laughs> Troy's Troy's one of my favorites. What was, what was it about? My... What was it about Palomalu that you love as a scout? What 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 was it about him? Everything. Yeah. I mean, you watched him. You knew you were watching a Hall of Fame player. Really? I mean, instincts. Wow. Instincts. Instincts. Motor. Competitiveness. So you athlete. felt that right away. Like you knew. You're like, oh god, this guy stays healthy. He's got it. Oh yeah, my grade reflects that. No, I I I extended the grade scale for Troy Palomalu. <laughs> even even our GM at the time, I think he said, yeah, I think he made the comment in meetings. He's like, Jim, you know, you're putting this guy in Canton with this grade, aren't you? <laughs> um, but uh, you were right, man. But no, he was he was. I've missed on enough. But no, Troy Troy was an easy one. He's uh, he he had the total package. But no, Sydney's a guy that uh, you know. You look at his body type. Like he and his he and his twin brother Chase are. Yep. They're like this kind of kind of stocky, like muscled up. I mean, they don't have a, an ounce of fat on either of them. Um, but he looks like a, he looks like a strong safety. He looks like a box safety, mm-hmm. a guy that you'd, you'd play around the line of scrimmage. And he shows up a lot that way. Like Darton, you know, he, he's a guy that like darts downhill and gets through traffic and blows the guy up. And you see all that stuff. And then the, the more you watch him, especially this year, he he shows up in coverage more than you think, and then by the end of the year, look you look down at the stat sheet and you're like, wow, Sidney Brown had seven interceptions. Um, one thing you didn't see on Illinois tape, which is a benefit of, of coming to the Senior Bowl, is you don't see him in a lot of man coverage, um, and he did a lot of that in one on ones down here and looked great. 
um, showed true like man coverage ability, not just against tight ends, but against wideouts. Um, and again, maybe maybe you know he and Michael Wilson. You you asked about two of them. I, they might be my two favorite mm. people that came to the Senior Bowl this year. If I was a GM, I would I'd be dying to have Sidney Brown in my locker room. This dude is like special from a leadership wow. and a character perspective, and uh, he's going to be a dang good player. Like you didn't hear a lot about of him, like top five safeties in the class. And then I just saw the other a couple of days ago. Uh, Matt Miller, who does a bunch of stuff for ESPN, had him as his number two safety, and I would not argue that one bit. Um, Sydney's going to be Sydney's going to be a really good pro. Like his based off the jump he made from his junior tape to his senior tape, like he, he's he's got really good football still ahead of him. When you make a big jump like that, then you you know you late in your career, college career, like you know there's even more out there as a pro. So um, going to be a really good player. That's great to hear, and it's going to make some tough decisions for some teams if they're absolutely paying attention to what's going on. So that that is some great stuff right there from uh, Jim Nagy. Jim, I don't know. Am I, is there anything else, any other seniors or anything else that you saw that I'm leaving out or that people should know about? Guys like Will McDonald from Iowa State, uh, names that we should be paying attention to that maybe we're not. Oh man, we, we we don't have enough time for that. No, we <laughs> we could we could be on the phone for a long time if we if we went down that road. Yeah. But but no, I appreciate you having me on. Oh, big big draft for Ryan Poles and the Bears. Um, Ryan and I worked together for for four years in Kansas City. Man, it's been really cool seeing his ascension through the through the profession, and uh, he's done a great job this offseason, kind of parlaying that that first pick into some players and some picks. And uh, excited to see what the Bears are going to do. What was he like in Kansas City? Uh, he was he was just coming out of college. Yeah. So he was our he was our college scouting coordinator in Kansas City when I was there. So he was just <laughs> not saying was much. Just, <laughs> yeah, he was he was just learning the ropes, man. He wasn't saying a lot. To his credit, you yeah, know, a lot of, of young guys, a lot of young guys like to come in and shoot their mouths off and, and prove to people that they know more than they they probably know. And and uh, Poles wasn't like that. Poles just put his head down and, and kept his ears open and his mouth shut, and he worked hard and. Um, you knew he had a good future. I mean, you, it's hard to predict, predict anyone's going to become a general manager. I mean, there's only 32 of those jobs. But um, you certainly knew early on that, that, that Ryan knew, knew how to evaluate. Um, he was good with people. He's, so he had a lot going for him, you know, even early in his career. So it's been, it's been cool. It's been really cool to see him, to see him uh, get to the point where he's at. And, and uh, I think he's going to do great things in Chicago. You know, he's, he's laid, a good, laid a good foundation. Um, the last couple of years and kind of turning over the roster a little bit, but uh, these next two drafts will be big for him. Yeah, I've enjoyed his offseason so far, getting to see him work with some of the obviously the money they have and the draft picks that they have as well. And I'll just say one more thing. It does seem like Ryan Poles, you know, you describing him, he he does come across, this sounds weird, he he comes across as a listener. Like when you, just just from us, at, like getting to know him a little bit, asking him questions, he, he seems to process and tries to give the best answers to us. My guess is that extends over to his scouts and the people that are advising him on the draft. How important is listening if you are the top guy in an organization responsible for ultimately making the picks it's huge no he's a thoughtful guy ryan's ryan's a really thoughtful guy and it, it's huge i've had to learn that here at the senior bowl you know i mean we've we've got a staff with with nine scouts nine former nfl scouts i think we had 170 some years of experience on our staff this year but you, you want you want to make everyone feel like they have a voice that's the key thing when you work in a scouting department is um the morale of the group can suffer greatly if if they feel like that um they if guys aren't being listened to i mean it's a hard profession these these scouts are all out on the road 
you know, 200 nights a year humping it, going from school to school. And then you, you got your opportunity leading up to the draft to give your say. And, uh, you know, I've worked for clubs where you just don't feel like you have a lot of input. And I'm sure Ryan's better than that. I'm sure Ryan makes all those guys feel like their opinions are being being listened to and valued. So, um, no, he's that, that is him. No, he, he, he's a listener. He's very thoughtful. Um, he knows how to do that. He's, he, I'm sure he knows how to work the, with the draft process and making everyone feel a part of it. Jim, this was great information. I appreciate it. And I'll let you get back to 2024 because, you know, on to the <laughs> next, right? Yeah, I always got to work ahead. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yep. That is Jim Nagy, Executive Director of the Senior Bowl. I'm Mark Grody. This is On the Clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Let's get back to more Bears draft talk with On the Clock featuring Mark Grody right here on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Presented by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, the exclusive partner of the Chicago Bears and Revolution Solar. Take it away, Mark Grody. What I learned from Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, whom we just had on on the clock. Few things. Like play we're always looking for players to watch and guys that maybe don't get the same attention. Will McDonald, the edge from Iowa State. He was selling Will McDonald. That one is interesting. And then also the the wide receiver from Stanford. Got got to think about that. We don't know what when the Bears will go back to the wide receiver well. I would think that they would at some point in time in the draft, but Michael Wilson out of Stanford is one of those guys. Doesn't sound if you're thinking about quarterback, he was talking about Fresno State's Jake Hayner a little bit. So that's an interesting name to watch. Now, that said, that oh, the other two things, Peter Skaronsky, 100% per Jim Nagy, executive director of the Senior Bowl, 18 years as a traveling area scout with three different NFL teams thinks that Peter Skaronsky is absolutely a guard. Didn't even hesitate. He thinks that he is a guard at the the NFL level. So there's that. And what is interesting is I'm you know going through some mock drafts and Todd McShay of ESPN with the number nine overall pick in the NFL draft, the Chicago Bears select Peter Skaronsky. Offensive tackle slash guard is what he wrote. Northwestern. 
So, and he wrote the, the Bears could address the edge rush, perhaps with Lucas Van Ness after closing out the 2022 season at the bottom of the league in sacks. However, they need to maximize quarterback Justin Fields, and that means protecting him. Chicago allowed a sack on 11.5% of dropbacks last season, the highest rate that we've seen since the Raiders 12.6 in 2006. Again, this is according to Todd McShay. I, I, and this is Todd McShay, quote, I like the Nate Davis addition at guard to the Bears, but Tevin Jenkins, says Todd McShay, probably isn't the answer at tackle opposite of Braxton Jones. Jenkins is a better fit on the interior. We know that. And while there are some concerns about Skaronsky's 32 and a quarter inch arm length, his quickness, balance, and snap at his hands stands out. So, I mean, the differing opinions continue for Skaronsky. And you got one guy, Jim Nagy, saying he's absolutely guard, and then Todd McShay saying, we'll see. And I think that we'll see has been the, the main answer on him. I can't turn my back on a guy, though, that started at left tackle for four years in the Big Ten. So it's hard. And I, I don't like that there are people who are better in the know than I that are saying he's absolute non-starter, he's a guard. Especially with what the Bears have on the, the interior right now, as you know, some of it was mentioned. I mean, you still have Cody Whitehair in there. You have Tevin Jenkins. Who the only critique on Tevin Jenkins, and it's a legit one, is can the guy continue to stay healthy or will he stay healthy? Uh, obvious concerns in his rookie year with the back, and some of that crept up this past season as well. But we all know we watched, and he played well in in the on the interior of that Bears offensive line. So, and then you know with the with the obvious addition of Nate Davis, a guy who is a right guard. <laughs> and so you throw Peter Skaronsky into the mix, you know, you'd have to I think you'd have to be pretty sure if you went with him that Peter Skaronsky could play a tackle position if the Bears were to go with him. Uh one more of these mock drafts and this one is from Draft News and Analysis. Here's a different one. This is a different name. For the Bears at number 9 select offensive tackle Darnell Wright out of Tennessee, and this is from Pro Football Focus, actually. My bad. But Darnell Wright, 6'6", 335. And specifically, one thing that stands out about him is that, and this was just from some of the notes that I took in looking back, is the one nugget that I will use is that he did have Darnell Wright, Tennessee, a terrific performance against Alabama, and that means a terrific performance against Will Anderson. So this is Darnell Wright. Now, some people have him projected as a day two guy who could creep into the into the second round. We'll see. And here's what here's what Pro Football Focus says. Again, again, that name that name comes up again. Tevin Jenkins flourished so much at guard that kicking him back to tackle would be doing him a disservice Wright comes as the most experienced right tackle in the draft and gives Chicago a scary offensive line in the run game. And they say that because of how well the Bears ran last year because Justin Fields ran the hell out of the football, um, as we know, last year. But, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So Darnell Wright, Tennessee, 
is what uh, Pro Football Focus is thinking. When we return here on On the Clock, brought to you by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, it is the exclusive partner of the Chicago Bears. We had on an Illinois guy, Jeremy Werner, a little bit earlier today, and he was talking about a certain very talented cornerback for the Illini, Devin Witherspoon, who may be there at 9 when the Bears select. When we come back, you will hear what he said about Devin Witherspoon. And if you want to sneak in a call, 312-644-6767. I'm open on the text line as well if you want to do it like that. I'm Mark Grody. This is On the Clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Let's get back to more Bears draft talk with On the Clock featuring Mark Grody right here on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans and always live on the free Odyssey app. Presented by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, the exclusive partner of the Chicago Bears and Revolution Solar. Take it away, Mark Grody. I don't know. Let's reassess the situation with the Bears as it pertains to the draft and positions that they no longer need to have heavy focus on when it comes to the draft. And I would say that since since free agency, you can actually put the linebacker in that category in terms of putting any serious resources from the draft into the linebacker position. Obviously, with the signing of Tremaine Edmonds, and uh, T.J. Edwards, and then even Dylan Cole. Not quite the name as uh, T.J. Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds, but they have been the Bears stocking up on linebackers, and that does have Matt uh, Eberflus written all over it as a former linebacker, a former linebackers coach, and then ultimately defensive coordinator. So that that's the – I think that's the only position. I mean, safety probably – don't really need with Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson under contract still and you know played pretty well last year Eddie Jackson definitely played better last year and seemed to have a good does have a good vibe with Jaquan Brisker on and off the field I can tell you that but man I mean hearing hearing Jim Nagy talking about Sidney Brown from Illinois they're not going to take a safety at, at number nine but just sounds like a a terrific player, but they, I guess safety is is okay when you talk about the two starters that are at that spot. Looking forward to seeing Brisker, you know, last year's second round pick, or one of their second round picks, go to that next level, and Kyler Gordon kind of has to as well. But you know the the cornerback position that's another one. That is interesting. We talked about this a little bit earlier today on the the Parkins and Spiegel show. I was filling in for Matt Spiegel, and we really got into it about the there are three really good cornerbacks available in this draft, maybe more, but the three big names, Devin Witherspoon of Illinois, Christian Gonzalez of Oregon, and Joey Porter Jr. of Penn State. And I have heard cases for all three of these guys to be the top in that trio of guys. And the one closest to us, Devin Witherspoon. We talked about him a little bit last week on the show, but Devin Witherspoon of of Illinois has really got the attention of of the NFL. He's one of those guys that almost feels like he he was he's being more highly touted as an NFL player than he was even as a college player. Earlier on the show, 
uh, today, we had Jeremy Werner on. This was on the Parkinson Spiegel show, and we were talking to him about Devin Witherspoon and what he would bring to a team. To be honest with you, I don't think he's like the um, you know Sauce Gardner level prospect, just because physically he doesn't have quite those tools, right? But if you talk about a player that's going to come in day one, I think and be a, a good starter in the NFL. You talk about a guy that I think you're going to get the most out of and not have to worry about. Yeah, uh, he showed at Illinois that he can be a lockdown corner in the Big Ten. Uh, he, he hasn't gone against the best wide receivers in the country. The Big Ten West has not been loaded with them. But against Trey Palmer, a, a guy who's going to be probably a mid-round draft pick out of Nebraska wide receiver, he, he held him to zero catches. Uh, against Charlie Jones, he had a really good game. So anyone he was asked to defend, uh, he absolutely shut down. His, his NFL rating, according to PFF, uh, passer rating against him was 25.3 this past year. So uh, they, he was not thrown at a lot. But uh, when he was thrown at, he did make plays on the ball. He had 15 pass breakups, three interceptions. Uh, so he is just an absolute dog. Um, you know, he, he's not the best, you know, physical tools. That's why Christian Gonzalez gets a lot of buzz. Is, is the number one corner. But uh, when, it talk, when you talk about just shutting people down, being physical and run support, uh, I think Devin Witherspoon has an incredibly high floor. Uh, and I think he's going to be in the league for a long time. That is Jeremy Werner right there talking about Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. 5'11", 181, good speed, not blinding speed or anything like that. Um, yeah, one of the, the top-ranked, part of, I should say, a top-ranked scoring defense at, at Illinois. He did not participate, Devin Witherspoon, at the NFL Combine. He was present at the, the NFL Combine. I did got a chance to talk to him, but he did have a hamstring injury that he was dealing with uh, that uh, kept him out of doing any serious workouts at the at the Combine. And by the way, Jeremy Werner is of the IlliniInquirer.com and at Illini on 247. So that's where that good work is coming from, from uh, Jeremy Werner right there. So, yeah, it is Devin Witherspoon. It is Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. It is Joey Porter out of Penn State in terms of, like, the top three cornerbacks in the draft right now. Um, got somebody asking about uh, Grody. What do you think of this, this round one? The JSN locks it down at at wide receiver. That's in Jigba. Uh, now have a separation, so that will help the line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I talked about that. Like, what you know, the, the chicken or the egg? Because it's is the offensive line help the wide receivers? Is the wide receivers help the offensive line? Obviously, they they help each other. And I kind of made that point today. If you want, if you are thinking about. Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver out of Ohio State, at that at that spot at number nine. Yeah, then I mean, if we could talk about beefing up your your secondary and making the cornerback spot great, why can't we do that with wide receiver? You know, the idea of not piling on more and thinking, yeah, this Bears team, which has had intermittent offense at best through the years. Because of a lack of good wide receivers in this franchise. I mean, historically, I mean, we still have to mention we still have to mention Johnny Morris. And I love Johnny Morris. I love Johnny Morris. Such a friendly, happy guy on Channel Two. That's how I knew him. 
as a friendly sportscaster. But he was a great player. But we shouldn't have to be mentioning him. And it's it's starting to change. And you know, Al Robinson helped that. Brandon Marshall helped that. Alshon Jeffrey helped that. You know, Marty Booker helped that. So there have been competent Bears wide receivers. But the idea that if you're a Bears fan and you're just sitting there and you're like, yeah, we're good. Yeah, DJ Moore, that's fine. Darnell Moody, I'm down. Chase Claypool, for sure. Going to take the next level. No, you shouldn't necessarily do that. So allow yourself to think about everything at the number nine spot. I got to go. I got to get out of here. But this was a fun show. Thanks to Jim Nagy, the uh, executive director of the Senior Bowl. Thanks to Leo Stodderher and Ryan Porth for executively producing this show. My guy Gabe Ramirez is coming up next. I saw him dancing about the... There he is! Dancing about the hallways. Gabe Ramirez is going to take you from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, And I'll talk to you soon right here on The Score. Have a great night. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.